Hello, my name is Gillian Bowen. I'm the Australian Manager of Public Affairs at Chartered Accountants ANZ, or CAANZ. This is Small Firm Big Impact. I think podcasts like today, Gil, um, webinars like the other week, notices on our, on our website, trying to get the message out there about the risks of these types of engagements. Members frequently decline engagements and decline clients. This is no different. We've been writing to um, lenders and to their associations to, to let them know that we, will, we have and will continue to advise our members not to complete such requests. It's the podcast giving you and your clients the up-to-date information you need to do your jobs. Each fortnight, I share resources, tools and expert advice provided by CAANZ and a range of people across our profession. Follow the pod in your favourite pod app. And if you've got an idea for the show, email podcast at charteredaccountantsanz.com. Today we have Chartered Accountants ANZ General Manager Professional Standards, Kristen Wydell in the studio. The topic, Accountants Financing Letters. Kristen, welcome to Small Firm Big Impact. Oh, Gil, thanks for having me. Okay, let's set this up. What's an Accountants Financing Letter? The first thing is that there's no such thing as a standard accountant's financing letter. They don't even really have a name. They sort of go by a few different names. Um, and they vary from lender to lender. Um, and even sometimes within lenders, we've had different examples from the same one. We've even actually heard of them coming through with rental, prop- when people are seeking a rental property okay. as well. So it's, it's morphing and expanding. I think in a nutshell, there are any sort of letter, certificate or form that's provided by an accountant in connection with a client borrowing some money. Okay. Or leasing. So borrowing, leasing interchangeably. It's more common for clients who are small business owners or self-employed. You and I can just get a certificate from our employer about our salary and wages. So it's that small business sole practitioner place where this is really common. Mm, okay. Yes, that's right. So we can use pay slips essentially and they need something else to say, this is the money that's coming and this is the money that's going sort of thing. Well, the banks say they need. <laughs> let's do it. Let's we'll drill into that. that. Later. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so then that does help me lead into why are we talking about this today? We're talking about it today because we've had calls come through to the professional standards query line from members asking about what to do when they've received this request. I did a webinar recently where there was so much interest from members and so much feedback that they didn't know what to do. They weren't sure how to respond. Um, They were feeling pressured by clients, by banks. And so this is, I think, a chance for CANZ to try and reach another pocket of the membership that may not know what to do when they receive these sorts of requests from their clients. Mm. Okay, so that's interesting then. So you've mentioned our members and our SMPs. Um, Why is it important for them to understand what this is and why we're saying what we're saying about this space? Because whilst at one level it sounds sort of simple, the bank wants a letter, Mm. this is incredibly risky for our members. This is real high-risk low return work for members. Um, And so they need to be alert to it if they're not, and they need to manage their risk appropriately. Mm, Okay, that's a good point. We will drill into that as well. So first of all, let's have a look at what the request usually involves. What does it look like? Oh, it can... (laughs) How long you got? (laughs) Yeah, how how long's a piece of string? Um, these, These requests can vary extensively. So if I give you an example, we've seen requests for 
please tell me how, please give me a copy of the member's tax return from last year. Seems pretty innocuous. Please tell me what their income was for last year. We've also had seen templates that ask for, will the assets be used for a business purpose? I don't know. I'm not the business owner. I don't know what the asset's going to be used for. Um, will the client um, continue to have this level of income for the next five years? Mm. Um, we're not crystal ball gazers. We're accountants and we can de- deal in the facts of what our client has today. Mm. So they, they vary all over the place. Okay. So let's look into then, uh, say you're a, an accountant or a, an SMP and you do do this for your client. What are the negative implications of doing this letter? First of all, Gil, I would probably say that clients, that members should avoid doing these. They should politely decline and we'll maybe come, if we get time, we'll talk some tips of how they might do that. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Um, th- there's a couple of really negative implications for this. The first is if the client defaults on the loan and the bank takes action against the accountant based on the statement, our advice from PI brokers who work with quite a number of CANS members is that you will not be covered by a standard accountant's PI policy. Mm, okay, there's some no alarm P- bells going off there. <laughs> You're doing something for no PI with no PI cover. Okay, very very dangerous, very risky. Um, we're actually aware, and we've and I'm trying to find the name of the case, but we've we've heard via other sources that there was a, an accountant who was sued um, to the tune of over four hundred thousand dollars in legal fees. Mm-hmm. This is not a good place for accountants to be. Um, I think the other thing to be, to be aware of as well is a lot of these services can be regulated by the National Consumer Credit Protection Act. And if you're not licensed under that act, then you could find yourself in trouble for providing services that do require a license. Mm. You've mentioned professional indemnity insurance. Should we just drill it down into that specifically for a sec? Um, what, what is it that you really want members to know in this space? Gil, this, again, my message here is relevant to any type of services that members provide. Always check with your PI broker if there's something that you're doing that's new, something that's a little bit more risky, something that's a bit out of the ordinary. You need to check that you have PI cover because the last thing you want is to be doing a service and then finding out two years down the track that it wasn't covered. So um, accountants letters, absolutely categorically, please check if you if you are going to do this. And as I said, I recommend you don't, but if you are, check with your PI broker that you will be covered but for PI. Mm, well, this then goes nicely into what I'm thinking is the next line of questioning about what is the latest advice from Chartered Accountants ANZ on this? I know members want want to know what it is. So the latest advice is that you're strongly advised to decline an engagement request like this from your client. The lenders do not need an accountant's letter to provide a loan. There's no legislative requirement this is just the banks asking for it. So you, our advice is to decline them. If you feel that you don't want to decline them, then you should rate this at your highest risk engagement level. That means that you will respond to it appropriately. Mm. Okay, so are there any exceptions? The, the exceptions for me would be if you have, if, 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 if it was me in practice, I would be checking my PI policy. I would be sticking to absolute fact. Nothing future ball gazing, no fact, absolute fact. My client has this amount of income. And I think I'd also be checking to make sure that, that the service I'm providing doesn't require a license mm. and um, and then go forth. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. And, and my other point, two, two other hot tips, do an engagement letter for it. So you and your client know exactly what you're doing and potentially get legal advice. 
how are we helping members encourage their clients to do other things instead? I think podcasts like today, Gil, um, webinars like the other week, notices on our, on our website, trying to get the message out there about the risks of these types of engagements. Um, it's very difficult to provide templates or model answers or anything like that because they vary in all ways, shapes and forms. So it's about providing information to members. Um, members frequently decline engagements and decline clients. So this is no different. So if you're thinking about um, that you've got a client who is pressuring them to do it, is there, you know, sentences or advice that we are giving members to say to their clients, this is the reason why I'm not doing that? Um, I think we have to remember all our practitioners want to help um, help their clients. That's what we become chartered accountants for. And I think it's important that we, but we have to draw the line because at the end of the day, if we sign off on something as an accountant, we're, we're accepting some risk for that. So I think explaining that to clients is important. I'd also suggest offering to help the client to collate their records and information in a professional manner so they can present it to the bank. They can look for another lender and they can also, um, or broker. So not everybody is asking for accountant's letters. So I think it's about helping the client but not delivering anything. Mm, that's a good point that you could bring everything together for them in an easy manner. Uh, that then makes me think about what are we doing to ensure that everyone is on the same page? And by everyone, I mean the lenders, the banks, you know, asking future mortgagees to get a letter such as this from their accountant. In the, over the last 12 months, we've been writing to um, lenders and to their associations to, to let them know that we, will, we have and will continue to advise our members not to complete such requests. Um, We'll continue to do that, and as we get sent information from members about new new lenders that are in uh, asking for accounts letters, we have a standard letter that we will send to them. Mm, well, that just sounds like a call out that if you're listening along to this today and you are uh, receiving. Uh, requests from new lenders that perhaps CANS hasn't heard about that is still asking accountants for these sorts of letters, let us know so that we can then take the action that Kristen's talking about. What is APRA said? So that's the Australian Prudential Regulatory Authority. They're the regulator of the financial services industry. What have they said about all of this? Yeah. Um, we had a meeting with APRA, mm. um, some of their representatives, because the residential mortgage lending um, PG 223. Oh, yes. <laughs> no, that no, one. Well. Yes, yeah. yes. I mean, it does refer to accountants' letters in there and, and people sort of, and this is where some of the lenders are going, well, RG requires it. It doesn't require it. It provides it as an example of one of the items you might be requested to get. So we've spoken to them. They understand our concerns, mm. but they don't have any plans at the moment to reissue or update RG 223, but we'll be looking out for it when the time comes and, and uh, you know, putting our comments in. Yeah. Mm. Why are the banks, you know, and, and lenders and, and, and these sorts of people even asking for this type of letter? Because aren't they doing their own checks? Gil, you're absolutely right. They should be doing their own checks. They're not. And that's why we are, um, you know, we're trying to get the message out there that we shouldn't be part of their risk assessment. Mm. We actually think that automation may actually start to see a decline in these types of letters. Mm. Um, if you think about the access to ATO records, to BAS records, things like that, the banks can suck it up from the system and get it themselves. So we hope that that might help with some of the um, the requests. Mm, and do their own analysis sort of thing without, um, you know, potentially someone else having to do that. Look, um, and, and at the end of the day, lenders can approve a loan 
without getting this letter from an accountant? Absolutely. Hmm. We'll leave that one there. Look, what's next? Uh, what's next is that we will continue to um, advocate on behalf of the members to with, with the lenders, with the associations to try and limit or stop this sort of behaviour. Um, we can't make the banks do, you know, we can't tell them what to do, but we can continue to advocate on, on our members' behalf. Um, and I think it's about members also looking at different ways they can help their clients with professional, well-put-together documentation, accounts, business plans and things like that we, where we can help the client um, rather than giving something directly to the bank. Mm. And look, we have plenty of resources and all this information on our website and I will put links to this if you want to find out more uh, so that you can find it in the show notes. That is it for episode four. We just whipped through it just so we could give you some information on what we were thinking on this topic. And the other thing is, have you listened to the other episodes from season three? We've covered recent ATO changes to work from home deductions, cybersecurity for SMPs and remuneration and the fight for talent. Follow the pod to find them or click the link I've put in the show notes for you. The podcast has an email as well, so feel free to get in touch. Podcast at charteredaccountantsanz.com. Let's start a conversation. Thank you, Kristen Wydell, for letting me pick your brains on Small Firm Big Impact. Gil, thank you so much for having me. Bye-bye.